In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time for Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues today, with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Ladies, Motherhood Talk Radio is here to give you a powerful platform by giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Motherhood Talk Radio has interviews with best-selling authors, gurus of happiness, and women of interest who every single day make our world a better place for our families. Motherhood Talk Radio, powered by Motherhood Incorporated, is on the air now. Moms, this really is your show. Motherhood Talk Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey, Mamas, this is... Oh, my gosh, I jumped the gun. I'm so excited about the fear show today, I can't even tell you. (laughs) You're laughing at me. I'm scared. You're excited about fear, so... Like, what does that tell you? That is. Well, my name is Sandra Beck. I am the host of Motherhood Talk Radio, along with Christy Holly and Rick Swanson. And today we're going to talk about fear. Good, bad, helpful. What do you think? I think that it is It's scary, and I guess it would be helpful, you know, with the whole fight and flight thing that goes on or kicks in once you're really super scared. So I think that it, it's a good thing. I think fear um, fear doesn't feel good. No, it doesn't. But I think it does help us in a lot of different ways, especially if um, if we don't let it completely block us down and shut us down, because that's what happens to me. That happens to me, too. I think it totally does. <laughs> like, oh, I get totally scared, and then I, I, and I think about it, something that scares me, and I think about it, and think about it, think about it, and it almost paralyzes me sometimes. Me too. Certain things do. Me too. And, and Rick, what about you? What does fear do to you? I mean, I know you're a big, strong man, and you have to have that big, strong, manly, you know, <laughs> persona on the web um, and the show. Maybe you could share with us your deep, darkest fears so we can laugh at you. Of course. <laughs> so you can laugh at me. Thank you. No, everybody, it, I think it's, it's honestly, it is a part of life and it's part of the human existence and experience. I mean, everybody at some point in their life experiences fear. I mean, it may not be the exact same ones like Christy and I or you and I may not be experiencing the same ones because of our different um, experiences in life or just I'm a man and you're not and, you know, part of that. I'm everybody. not? I have a lot of testosterone. Oh, oh no! Sorry, different show, different show, different show. Yeah, we're not. They're not having the uh, LGBT or whatever it is show. Some other. No, no, no tranny talk today. No, for me, I think fear is what it mostly manifests is like not being certain exactly what I should do or what course of action I should take. Like if I have multiple options and they all seem equally good, and so instead of like you know going with the one I feel is best. Sometimes it's sitting on it because you don't want to pick the wrong one or pick one that results in failure. So I think it leads sometimes to inaction and not doing anything, which I'm not like quaking or waking up at night losing sleep, but, you know, just the fear of taking that step, taking a risk. You know, that's usually for me. 
It's hard. I mean, it's hard to know, like, and it changes over time. You know, when you talk about waking up in the middle of the night, that's what kind of spawned this, you know, kind of show topic for me at least is that, I don't know about you guys, but in the moments when I'm quiet, like, I'm okay as long as I keep busy. Like, if I'm working, if I'm doing things with the kids, if, you know, I'm out at the gym with you, Rick, or we're we're doing something, you know, fun, it's okay. But then, like, you know, I'll wake up at, like, you know, if right now it's, like, 5.45 in the morning, and I blame the sun, but... Um, 5.45 in the morning, and then I think about all the things that aren't done, all the things that could happen, and starts, like, going in my mind, and I can't get myself back to sleep, and it's just fear, and it's not even an identifiable fear of, like, you know, someone standing over me with a kitchen knife. <laughs> yes, that is scary. Yes, that <laughs> would be reasonable fear. <laughs> you know, you roll over, you look up, there's Rick with a kitchen knife going, <laughs> with a scream mask on. That would be valid fear. But my fears are pretty much unreasonable. No, they're not really. I mean, because anyone who has as much work that you have to do and, and all the stresses and everything that you have to do to to live, basically, and keep your home, I mean, you have to be fearful. I mean, that's probably what makes you get your work done. That's true. I mean, do you think that that would drive you to get your work done? Is is It could be fear-based sometimes because oh, you, absolutely. if you don't get it done, then who's going to pay the bills? That's true. It's like, absolutely. Well, but see, that's like, that's my cycle. It's like, I don't want to pay my bills because I'm afraid I won't have enough money. <laughs> and then I don't do the billing for my company and send it off to get processed because I'm afraid I won't have enough money. Then I get to the point where it's April 15th and I don't have enough money. <laughs> you know, and it all comes full circle. But the stupid thing is, is, you know, I think like, you know, Rick was talking about like, you know, fear and like like what's the worst that could happen well the worst that could happen is you don't pay your bills they foreclose on everything you own you know you're left sitting on the street and you have to beg for food from chrissy's perfect life um the back of you with stella going i need food um but but it does you know it's like that fear stops me sometimes dead in my tracks and i can have the envelopes all written out i can have the stamps on them and i by god i will wait two days before putting them in the post box well, really? I do I do the same thing. Certain things, it's like, oh, you know, I know I can be successful at something. I know I can. And then I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. Like, I won't take the step forward because I'm scared. I'm scared to do it, and I'm scared of the success that comes with it, which is ridiculous. Right, so we're but scared it if we me, fail. It keeps me right standing still sometimes. Oh, Rick, what do you have to say about that? We're afraid to move forward. <laughs> We're afraid to stand still. We're actually afraid to go backwards. We're pretty much just fear-based over here. Well, it's interesting that you say that. When I was reading um, some of the stuff on, like, managing fear or anxiety, um, one of the articles that I've read, it gives the, that there's, like, thousands of reasons that cause fear. There's, and they run the gamut from somebody pointing a gun at your head or fearing the government's going to, you know, examine and audit your tax return, you know, or maybe something that may seem more irrational, like somebody just raising their hand. Like, I have a question, but if you were hit as a child or in an abusive relationship, that mere act of someone raising their hand might actually cause you to be afraid and you react to that. And to the other person, you seem like, well, what's your problem? So some, I think, are rational and justified, and some, I think, if they're not controlled and put in this proper place and you have the right perspective with it, can just be crippling, you know? 
Yeah. And most of these articles are saying you know, the only way you really can get over most of your fears is by conquering it. You know, the things that scare you most, those are the things you need to confront. That's, yeah, that's true. I mean, I remember when I was a little girl, there was this buoy out on our lake that I was unreasonably afraid of. It was right. one of those big orange channel markers with the big orange bottom, and then it had like a white cone that had a, a light on top that was like, I'm here, blink, blink, I'm here. <laughs> and every time I would be out swimming, I'd look out in the channel and see like, oh, there's that buoy, there's that buoy. And, you know, my oldest brother dragged me out there. He said, come on, let's swim to the buoy. And I was terrified. I was never so frightened in my life. And he's like, we're going to touch the buoy and we're going to come back and it's going to be fine because he knew how afraid I was of the stupid buoy. And we did. We jumped in the water, you know, life jackets on and swam out to this buoy. And I remember... I almost fainted upon touching it. I don't even know why I was afraid of this buoy. It just resembled, like, dead people and death to me. I was so afraid of this buoy. Well, I touched it. You would think I was fine after that. I am still afraid of those damn things. Wow. Yeah, if I see a buoy, like I'm out in the boat and I see a buoy or a channel marker, I'm like, <gasps> yeah. So, you know, and I agree with, with, you know, confronting your fear because, you know, part of the things that I've been doing lately is I've been doing the things I'm afraid of. I stand up for things. I'm not afraid if I'm going to get yelled at. I'm not afraid if it's going to cause a conflict. You know, those things are good. And I think conquering it is great. Um, but sometimes you don't get that relief. Like, I'm still afraid of buoys today. Right, but in all, but in all fairness, you did only do that once. I mean, I'm not saying if you did it 100 you have more to do times, it, times. <laughs> it would help, but it might diminish it. Like, I think it's really funny, at least to me, how many people are scared to fly. And if you look at it scientifically and from a statistical standpoint, it's safer to fly than to drive on the freaking 405 freeway out here. You know? Good point. You're more likely to get injured or killed by some crazy drunk driver than the plane to suddenly, you know, combust or blow out of the sky. But and the more you fly, like you start, like I'm sure Sandra, you know that. The more you fly around, you start getting just like becomes more of a routine every day. You get on the That's plane, true. you take off, you land. You take off, you land. But on the flip side, if you nearly got hit by a train, training yourself to not be scared of it by continually trying to dodge trains, I don't think that's going to help you at all. And that's just stupid. No, so certainly. my hiding from buoys would go in the stupid category? Uh, I didn't say that. but <laughs> Yes, you did. You did. You implied, well, I think but it's no, a, it is stupid. It's on a different level. You know, something that could actually cause you physical harm and kill you. Like I a rattlesnake? Right, that's... That's rational. Right, or you, my God, last week, Christy, last week, the first day of the 17-day <laughs> diet. That was frightening. <laughs> well, I have yeah. to have to admit something about that. <laughs> you guys were uh -oh. right about me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we were. We have, no, 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 not like me, just like the time of my month <gasps> sort of oh. thing. That you was guys... that when you tried to kick Rick? Probably, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, so I was wait, are, you, here. are you more sure. cheerful today or last week? Oh, God, thanks a lot. I'm getting oh. there. I'm okay. getting there. She just gave me that look when you here. came in today. She was like, <laughs> I was like, I'll kill you, look, if you touch me or talk to me. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I was trying to read my material, Rick. Oh, you're just being studious. Yes. Okay. Okay. But fear, I think fear is a big part of, of everybody's lives, especially with the economy the way it is today, with yeah. 
finances and, and um, you know, just with the war going on. I mean, there are so many areas of our lives currently, like when I look back to like five years ago or ten years ago or, you know, it, it, I don't know if we were always this fear-based as a country. I think there is a big part of everybody that lives day-to-day with fear, and I think it's a really good topic for us to talk about today, and my name is Sandra Beck. I'm the host of Motherhood Talk Radio, along with Christy Holly and Rick Swanson, um, and we're going to talk about when we come back from the break all the different um, ways that we can help manage our fear and anxiety. And I think as moms, especially, the more we stay home, the more we're um, kind of isolated in our own little worlds with our kids and our families. I think that fear sometimes, for many of us, can get out of control. So we're going to talk about that when we get back from the. Break. Mom, here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio. Giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With Baby and Toddler Instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. was sad, right. cause he had a death kill mommy and dad, right. but that ain't the case, nope. it wasn't his fate, nope. the walks never struggled to communicate, <laughs> y'all wave your hands, look who's on, it's Dakota Man Keith and he's number one, it's That Keith Wine Show on Toginet.com, Wednesday nights at 8, 7 central, every week That Keith Wine Show will have guests that share their experiences, expertise, opinions, and personal lives with us, to hopefully help us better understand others, the topics and guests will come from the American Sign Language community, for more on Keith Wine and the show, go to his website, KeithWanWANN.com. Listen with an open mind and willingness to learn and help with the cultural bridge. Number number one, Keith's number one. Everybody clap because the Coda Man's on. Number number one, Keith's number one. Everybody clap because the Coda Man's on. Don't miss that Keith Wan show. Wednesday nights at 8, 7 Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holland. Mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I am here with Christy Holly and Rick Swanson, and we are talking about fear. Today is the fear show, fear, worry, anxiety. We use a lot of different terms to talk about those things. I think it all 
um, all of us at some point in our lives have struggled with fear and anxiety. I know I had a lot of fear and anxiety over, you know, filing for divorce and, you know, taking the kid's dad away from them, which is the way I thought about it at the time. And, you know, what am I going to do financially? I mean, I'd always been the breadwinner, so I wasn't really worried about, you know, taking care of my kids, but I was worried about taking care of my kids and keeping us at the standard of living we enjoyed, which obviously I couldn't do. Um, but money can cause us a lot of fear and anxiety. I mean, it's, it's very different when you, you know, I've had the luxury of being very wealthy and being very poor, you know, and <laughs> flip flop back and forth. <laughs> you know, what do you like best? What do you like best? I got to say, being rich, better than being poor. I yeah. got to, you know, that one. But the worries and anxieties are just different. They're still there. Um, when you don't have any money, you worry about how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to do this? When you do have a lot of abundance, you worry about people taking it away, people suing you. You know, I was really nervous about somebody like hitting my car and or me hitting a car and suing somebody. Or you know, I took out a ten million dollar life and or, um, or uh, sorry, a policy on my house because I was so afraid somebody would slip and fall at a party. You know. It was just a different set of worries. I get that. I get that. I have a different set of worries than you do, except that, you know, we're worried a lot of the time. You know, we share our our worries with each other and stresses and anxieties, and a lot is the same, but a lot is, you know. It's it's like variations on a theme. Yes. Absolutely. Rick, do you think there's something genetic about that? I mean, do guys worry? Like, you know, like when you think of your friends, do you guys sit around and talk about, I mean, you probably talk about, like, I don't know, guns and beer or stuff like that. Do you but worry about How did you know? Running out of beer? Somebody stealing my guns and running out of beer. Running out of beer. You know, it's funny that you say that. My experience most <laughs> It is funny because I have your guns and Christy drank all your beer. <laughs> Yes, that, that is a cause of great uh, anxiety for me. If someone's going to come in and steal all my beer and my guns. Um, <laughs> no, but it's weird. Most of my guy friends, when we hang out, emotions or uh, things that, oh, I'm worried about this and that, we really don't discuss that. It's all about, yeah, we're talking, we may be talking about guns or trucks or this issue or MMA or something like that, but it's rarely like, hey, dude, you know, I'm feeling insecure about that. You know, we really, <laughs> you know, I'm feeling a little depressed today, bro. <laughs> They're like, what's wrong with you? Are you gay? You know, it's, just, it's not it's not met with the same, I don't know, I don't know. Well, who do you talk to about those things? Because do you talk to Well, your... for me, most of the time, it's funny. Um, my mom and I have always been really close. And for most things like that, like, hey, I'm thinking this or feeling this way, I will talk to my mom or someone who's my sister. However, when it's something I want, like, a straightforward answer to, like a non-emotional response, like, is this good or bad? Does this make sense? I'll call my dad. I'll ask my father. Because he looks like, yep, makes sense. Nope, that's dumb. And there's not all these little, like, well, I feel this and that. I think he doesn't want to bother with that. So I think there is a difference between guys and girls and how we process things, you know? Well, and I think, too, like, you know, you hit the nail on the head when you want when you want to talk things out. Like, I always talk things out with my mom. I don't right. really talk things out with my dad. My dad gets so bored, and then he comes <laughs> into the conversation with these weird, bizarre non sequiturs. Like, I'll be like, Mom, I'm so worried. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do that. What am I going to do? She'll be like, it's okay, honey. And then we'll both pause, and my dad will be like, you know, I wonder what they did with my gallbladder after they took it out. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with the conversation at hand. Well, do you See, think guys worry about different things. 
think it's a function of him not putting in his hearing aids. But I also think, I just don't think guys can deal with all the details. I mean, Rick? I mean, I hate to be, like, anti-guy on that one, but... Wouldn't you rather, like, when I'm telling you my problems, wouldn't you rather I just get to the point? That's what my husband does. He's like, you know, come on, let's, right, what's well, the problem? Don't tell right, me about We always want to know stuff. what's the bottom line, what's yes. your problem, and what do you want me to do about it? You know, that's kind of how we're hardwired, I think. But I think so, too. I've learned, even from like, watching my parents, that most of the time when my mom is telling my dad something, or women may be telling the man something, it's not that she's looking for him to solve all the problems. But she's just expressing her feelings and wants you just to listen. So when I start right. thinking, oh, I got to solve this problem, I got to solve the problem, I'll just listen and go, okay. So you feel this way. Why do you feel this way? Okay. And then someone's just talking it out does help. And I'm not trying to think, oh, I need to solve your problem. That- well, and I think that's like I, I can't tell you how many times I've talked stuff over with you, Rick, and I'll be like, right. oh my god, I just answered my own question. <laughs> or I'll right, say most something. of the time, I don't think I've ever really giving you any advice other than the stuff you came up by yourself by just talking to me. <laughs> well, like, oh. you help me a lot with the kids. I mean, you help me a lot with the kids with advice. But, but yeah, most of the time I just, <laughs> I just need to just <laughs> shut up and listen. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> right. Well, I found something funny when I was reading um, this article. It's a guy out of uh, England. His name is Kevin Hogan. And he writes that fear usually comes from two different places. He goes, there's a genetic predisposition to fear, and then there's fears that are learned. And as far as, you know, genetic um, wiring, he said men are typically like sentries, like they're supposed to protect the home against enemies on the outside. And women are fearful of things that are happening within the, within the home. Like the woman hears the baby cry, boom, she wakes up. The dude is still sleeping. Like my dad would sleep through anything. But yes. he hears a noise outside, like in the garage, or the dog bumps the door, he's up, you know, in a heartbeat. So I think it is it's like we are, you know, there is a inherent difference in how we're programmed. So I think we're so. Ready, I... We're ready for someone to kick in the door so we can blast them. The woman's more worried about, uh-oh, how are the kids or how, is everybody safe? You know? Well, I think that all depends on your situation as well. Okay. Like with me and Sandra probably too, you know, we're home a lot. Well, I'm home a lot by myself. In your home, I'm home all, all, here, all by time, yourself, unless Rick's here. You know, like you know, during the middle of the night, if I hear like, oh my God, if I hear a door opening, I am up because it's Grab just your me. Well, it's right. like, <laughs> let's, let's do that. <laughs> See what happens. You know, I mean, I get scared, but I like get up and I'm, you know, I feel like I'm in a scary movie, and I'm like, oh, this is where I get killed. <laughs> I'm like playing it out in my head when I go pick something up and walk down the hallway to see what, what it was. Up? I should just peek in the window with a scream mask one day. Uh, oh, we will shoot you. We will, will blow that head you. right off. I don't yes. care how handsome that head is. It's coming off. <laughs> well, I have, there's a bat and there's a flashlight. And then I have this brush that I got from a friend a long, long time ago. And it's brush? a weapon. Like, really? It, turns into a weapon. Yeah, I'll bring it and show you guys. I know. Oh, yeah, you have to bring that to bring your gun to work day at motherhood. <laughs> I don't have a gun, but I will bring my stabber. Bring your bat. Stabber. Yes. But, I, you know, it's different. If you're in a different situation, you, you react differently. It's true. It's true because, you know, it's like sometimes, like I will tell you, okay, here's a perfect example. Um, 
I was on an airplane recently, in, when, Rick, when we went to the Toginet party. Right, right. And we got on the Alaska Airlines plane that was so beautiful. And Wait, weren't we normally, on Virgin Atlantic? Oh, right. Was it Virgin? Virgin America. I'm sorry, not Atlantic. Oh, Virgin America. Okay, so it was on Virgin America. And normally when I fly, I fly alone and or I fly with the kids, and then I... I can't really fall asleep on the airplane. You know, I'll doze a little bit, but especially if I have the kids, I have one eye on them. But even when I'm by myself, I never fall asleep. Because Rick was sitting in the row next to me, because we had, like, each had a row to ourselves, which was really great. That was wonderful. I, like, (laughs) snuggled up in my row, covered myself with a blanket. I think I was out in two seconds. I don't even think the plane was up in the air much longer than that, and I was dead to the world. I was completely asleep. I was completely relaxed because I knew there was this part of me that knew that if anything happened, Rick would be like, hey, dummy, get up. Get off the plane. You know, we crashed. We're going down. We're going down. But I had no worries. Like, I had absolutely no fears. I knew if anything was going to happen that I could just completely go to sleep and relax. And there is something different when there's somebody else in the house or somebody else traveling with you. There's not that sense of alertness. Exactly. I feel the same way. Like, mm-hmm. I sleep when I'm home by myself. I, you know, I don't open the windows normally. Mm-hmm. When my husband's home, we open all the windows on a hot day. And, you know. So check Greg's schedule. If you're going to go and <laughs> rape and murder you, we need to check Greg's schedule first. We're on blue days. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, hmm. Dan. Anytime. <laughs> Invite all my, my predators. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I think of those crazy things. I watch all kinds of scary movies and stuff. Maybe you like, shouldn't watch those. I know, but I'm attracted to them. I'm well, I am too. Like really I think I like to be scared. <laughs> I, I like it. I feed on fear. Well, but that's fun fear. Like Rick and we were talking about, what is it, Scream you're going to see on Thursday night? Yes, yes. Yeah, see, that's fun fear. Like, you know, watching a scary movie is like fun and exhilarating because you know it's fake. Yeah. You know, sitting in your room listening to an intruder come in. <laughs> not so fun. Oh, not so fun. <laughs> not so fun. I would throw a bag of chips at him and go... <laughs> Did you eat? Did you eat, sir? Before you cut my head off. <laughs> Those fears are rational. The yeah. fears that I think most mothers have, most women have, I saw it in my mom, I see it myself, are completely unreasonable fears. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, ninety percent of the things we worry about as women and worry about as um, mothers never happen. Yeah. I agree with you. Because <laughs> so, if you think about that, all of our kids would have heads cracked open. You know, they'd be missing limbs. They'd be walking down the street, you know, with polio, you know, and jacked from the vaccines. I mean, everything we do as mothers and wives has some sort of fear base to it. I agree with you. I agree. With you. you know, and I think that can get out of control, especially if we don't have a partner in our lives or a husband or girlfriends that go, okay. Oh, uh, hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> But it's hard. It's a very hard thing. And I think, you know, when we come back after the break, uh, I would like to talk about worry and, and, you know, kind of worry as a pastime. I think a lot of people feel when their lives are really boring, if they worry about things, I don't know if it's intentional or not, um, but worry can take up a whole afternoon. 
And you can be doing other things while you're worrying, but worrying doesn't really get you where you need to go. And we're going to talk about that when we get back from the break. My name is Sandra Beck. I am the host of Motherhood Talk Radio, along with Christy Holly, who's laughing at me, who's the meanest friend in the world, and Rick Swanson, who's my hero. Oh, nice. Thanks. your show, Motherhood Talk Radio, giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Girlfriended is on Toginet, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The girlfriended principal was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out Girlfriended.com and then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have mm-hmm. somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Hey moms, get ready for Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Living the Dream Mom is about the true realities of motherhood, the beauty and the rewards of watching your children grow. All these moms have something in common. They put their kids first. It's not about the kids all the time and the diapers and the bottles and the breastfeeding. It's about showcasing the mother in motherhood. Real moms in the real world. You get it? Now that's what the show is about. So every week, let's get together and we'll share these great stories with you guys. And I hope by the end of the show, you'll be saying, you know what? That is my life. Nina gets it. And I can't hardly wait to see what she brings me next week. Don't miss the next Living the Dream Mom. It's Real Moms in the Real World. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry on toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holland. Hey, mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and we are talking about fear and anxiety today. And if anyone's listening today and they are suffering from severe fear anxiety, you know, you need to get seek the help of a medical professional. This is really just for information purposes only, and we're sharing uh, information. We at no point do claim to be any sort of successful (laughs) professional in anything, Um, but we are talking about just the day-to-day fears and anxieties that most moms face at some point um, while raising children. I think there's so many unknowns. And um, when I think of my friends, Christy and, and Rick, you guys can, can think about this too. There are some of my friends who are natural worriers, mm-hmm. and they just worry about everything. And um, it can be from, you know, like what 
what is packed in the kids' juice today to, you know, world events. But there are some people that I think are prone towards being worriers. I agree. I'm a worrier. Not like it doesn't consume me all the time, but I do. I worry a lot. I worry about what I pack in my kids' lunch and if it's too much sugar, too many calories, too much fat. Are they going to, you know, is, are they going to be hungry? Are they going to be hyper? You know, is this going to affect their brain cell? Like, what is it going to do? I worry about that a lot. In case you wanted to know. In case you wanted to know. I worry about a lot of things. Do you? Yes, I do. And I just, I mean, I go on with my day. I probably could be a lot more productive if I didn't take the time to, you know, or use part of my brain for that. But, yeah, it's true. Well, my mom was a worrier, you know, and my mom would spend an inordinate time about Worrying about things like, you know, is my dad stuck in the snowstorm? When my dad get home okay? Was, you know, were we okay at school? And, and you know, I'm just not, I'm, I'm, I'm a middle-of-the-night worrier. I'm not a worrier during the day. Um, but I also think we can train ourselves. I do think that there's ways that we can talk to ourselves that kind of put those worries into perspective because a lot of the things we worry about don't happen. And, Rick, we were talking earlier in preparing for the show, a lot of things we worry about we can't control, and worrying doesn't make a difference. And Right, and if it doesn't make a difference, if you're wasting your, I say wasting, but you're spending your time and energy and effort worrying about things you have no control over, that becomes something that's, that's a disadvantage to you, and it doesn't do anybody any good. You know, actually, and my grandpa, too, was a, like your mom, was a huge worrier. And, like, my mom said he became more of a worrier once he got grandkids. Like, he was always especially worried that we would get hurt, and even me. Like, one time we went to go see the battleships in Long Beach, and I was, like, seven, and I sat in the front in the booster seat, and my younger brothers sat in the back without them. We were like, hmm, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that's that's a worrying part. I don't and I don't know why he did that. But he'd be like, "Oh, be careful, be careful." I'm like, "Pop, it's a paper clip." He's like, "Well, if you run with it and it's open, you could fall and it'll poke your eye out." And then I said, "Tell him, I'm like, yeah, it could." What's the likelihood of that happening? And then eventually, I would just tell him, I say, "Look, without some risk, without some element of danger, life's boring as hell. It's not even fun. I mean, why do we drive fast or why do we have motorcycles or?" You know, because it's, why do you go on roller coasters? That adrenaline, that kind of fear of, ooh, I could get messed up. At least I find it exhilarating. It's fun. <laughs> I just have to say one thing about the whole thing in your eye, the paper clip in your eye. Okay. My grandma, you worry about someone that? waves a fork around. Not uh-huh. that you wave it around, but the kids sometimes talk and the forks are in their hand. My grandma is like, oh, oh, you know, because one of her, and this is not funny, they were sitting around the table. One of her sisters got her eye poked out with a fork. So every oh. single time that someone has a fork, my grandma's like, oh, no, don't move that fork around. I can your eye out. Yeah. So it, it happened. Just so you know, it happened to my grandma's little sister, Reva. So watch them forks. They have a glass eye. Well, you know, I got to say that um, I think Jim McMahon, he was, um, and I'm going to look it up here to make sure I'm correct, but I believe Jim McMahon, who was an NFL draft pick and he played for the Bears for a while, I think he did lose his eye as a child. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm going to look it up, and I'll get back to you guys after the break. But I'm pretty sure um, he lost his eye to a fork. More common than not, we just, tar- we just started a huge Internet rumor, and we'll probably get sued by Jim McMahon. Okay. So the moral of the story is don't wave forks around. Yes, that is. Don't do that. Don't play with fire. What else do we not do? Here we go. Okay, here we go. Not to to make this all about, you know, sports, but Jim McMahon, um, he went to Brigham Young University. He played with the Chicago (laughs) Bears, the San Diego Chargers, Philadelphia Eagles, Minnesota Vikings, Arizona Cardinals, Cleveland Browns, and the Green Bay Packers. So he had a pretty good career. With one eye? Yes, with one eye. There you go, Christy. You don't need both eyes. So wave that fork. Well, I'll tell my grandma that. She's the one. I'm not the one. Yeah. We'll see if it, but it happened to her personally. She was somewhat, I guess, traumatized by that. So it's not, it's easy for me to not be bothered by it because it didn't happen to me or someone I knew. Right, right. You would be traumatized if you see your sister's eye get poked out by a fork. Yeah. Sure. I'll at least make sure she gets a really nice glass eye. A really nice (laughs) Nice glass eye. Like like killer (laughs) glass eye. It'll make the other eye look, you know, not as cool. I know. That's true. Mm. What you're looking at. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say, can I read sure. this about Jim McMahon? Yes, please. Okay. Jim okay. McMahon is also known for his trademark sunglasses. I thought he was just an ass. That's, I really did. I thought he was wearing them just because he thought he was great. But he actually wears them for medical room, uh, reasons. Because at the age of six, while trying to untie a knot, and you'll love this, Rick, in a toy gun holster with a fork, he accidentally severed the retina to his right eye when the fork slipped. While his vision was saved, the accident left his left eye extremely sensitive to light. And on the field, he was among the first to wear a helmet fitted with a tinted plastic visor, which gave him the nickname Darth Vader in Black Sunshine. Oh. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, good to know. This is good trivia. Isn't this good trivia? Yes. Yeah. Gosh, and I, you know, for years I just thought he was a jerk for being cool and wearing glasses. He probably still is, but, you know, at least we know if anyone's talking about the fork incident, we have not only your grandma. Exactly. But <laughs> two incidents. Two incidents. <laughs> we have Jim McMahon. Very nice. Well, you didn't think Stevie Wonder was a jerk, too, did you? It's like he's wearing sunglasses again? Well, everybody knows Stevie Wonder's blind because he kind of does that thing with his head when he sings. Right, and, right. Okay. You know. you, I was just making sure you at least got that, too. Yeah. Okay. Now, what if we found out he was blind because of two fork accidents? <laughs> he never <laughs> could happen. I don't think it's pop- likely, but okay. Oh, but the unlikeliness is, I think, what we need to take away with um, for, right. you know, today's segment is that most of the things we worry about as moms, especially with our kids, never happen. And I think that one of the things we can do in the techniques, I know I use this, I will actually say in my head, stop it. There's, you, you can't control this. You can't prevent this. You can't do this. So let's go on and do think about something else, you know, read a book go for a walk, you know, clean something. But cleaning sometimes makes me think of more things. It does because you're not thinking. You don't have to think, think about, you know, you're just doing your motions. It gives you time to think about crazy things. Well, laundry does that too. It's like when you're folding laundry. You know, I find folding laundry a very anxious time for me because I start thinking about all the other things that I haven't done. Yeah. And how that it becomes so unimportant. Yes. And you could be doing other things. Yep. 
Totally. Yes. It's very difficult, very difficult. Um, but I think, you know, Rick, do you have any techniques that can help us manage our fear and anxieties as moms? Well, I can only share with you what I try to do is that when I have, when I'm feeling that kind of, I would say more anxious about things, and I know there's a lot of things in random different things hanging over my head. What does help me is to actually write those things down, like whether it's in your on your calendar or in a book or whatever. Write those things down, things that you may need to do, and then when you write them down, you will also be able to identify the things that you can control. Like it could be something like, okay, I need to mail that bill, or I need to go take care of this at the DMV. Those are real quick fixes, and that will help alleviate some of the anxiety. And then you'll also identify those things. Okay, I really can't control this. So I'm going to try to focus to stop wasting my time, you know, fretting about this. And then and as you check things off, you also have a feeling, I think, that you accomplished something and you took, you took an action towards reducing that anxiety and that fear. Well, and you me. put yourself back in control, too. Right, it does. It puts it in perspective. You don't get, when you start feeling it, you get to that panicking stage. And when you reach panic, part of the <laughs> definition of panic is you're not thinking clearly. It's a complete... Your emotion is completely taking over that you can't think, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? Why am I feeling like this? You're just overcome with that emotion. You just want to, like, run away. Well, and it distorts our perception of it what does. it is. Yes. You know, it's like, it's like that's why I feel like anxiety mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. I don't know if you guys, like, I will make these bizarre, like, solutions in my head of what I need to do the next morning in order to get myself back to sleep. And then in the light of day, I wake up and go, what the hell was I smoking last <laughs> night? Because that, that's insane. You know, like, it, like when I have money problems in the middle of the night, I'll think, okay, I'm going to turn in my car. And I'm like, I live in a rural, you know, ranching community, but I'm going to turn in my car. This is my thoughts in the middle of the night. I'm going to shut off cable. I'm only going to use my cell phone. I'm not going to have a landline. I'm not going to have a work line. You know, I can reduce, and I do. I go through all these ministrations, a completely distorted reality. And then I get this, like, okay, I can go to sleep now because I won't owe anything in the morning. (laughs) And then, surprise, (laughs) surprise. But then I wake up and I walk around and go, well, that was stupid. You know, I I don't need to get rid of all these things. I need to sit down and do the billing. <laughs> that way clients can pay me, and I can pay my bills, and we can go on month to month. But but that distortion of reality and the distortion of perception that fear brings, because I think when, like you said, Rick, when you're afraid, you don't think properly. You know, right. you really I, don't think logically either. No, and I think also being smart, about how you're dealing with your um, your fears and anxieties, trying to tackle everything at once, like worry about the kids, worry about the car, worry about your income, worry about this and that. If you try to deal with all of that at once when you're supposed to be sleeping, <laughs> you know, that it becomes overwhelming because you don't see, it doesn't seem feasible that you can solve all these problems. But and you can. If you break it, the tasks down, at least for me, I'm very, I guess, compartmentalized, I think, smaller steps. I break it down into the least common denominator. What can I do right now? And break the whole bigger problem through small. Mom, here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio. Giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. 
This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Christian work-at-home moms, here is your own show on Toginet. It's CWAM, Christian work-at-home moms, with Jill Hart and Diana Innan, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet. Um, I'd love to share with you just a little bit about how CWAM can help you, whether you are new to the work-at-home world and just starting out your search, or whether you've been working at home for a while and are looking to grow your business. Jill Hart is the founder of Christian Work-at-Home Moms, CWAM.com, and co-author of So You Want to Be a Work-at-Home Mom. Jill has worked from home from 2000 and started her home-based business to assist other Christians who desire to work from home while maintaining a godly life. And Diana Ennett with virtualwordpublishing.com. I really, truly want to see you succeed, want to share the joy that I have in being home with my kids and being able to build my own business. And she's ready to help you now. Christian Work at Home Moms with Jill Hart and Diana Enna. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet. Renowned and gifted psychic medium, Sylvia Rossi, explores the mysteries of this life, the afterlife, and the unseen world that surrounds us all in the show called Make Contact with Sylvia Rossi. Wednesdays at 2, 1 p.m. Central here on Toginet. Sylvia Rossi with her special guests and other fellow psychics invite you to call in and make contact with the world beyond and get answers to your questions. Psychic medium Sylvia Rossi has been sharing her gift professionally for the last 17 years. Sylvia has made it her mission to help individuals and families understand their eternal connection to loved ones that have passed on, bringing relief and comfort to countless souls who have been touched by her gift. She's had the privilege of meeting and working with many psychologists who continue to recommend their clients to her when conventional methods have failed. Now it's your turn to make contact with host and psychic medium Sylvia Rossi. Wednesdays at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, MotherhoodTalkRadio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Back and Christy Holly. Mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Christy Holly and Rick Swanson, and today is the Fear Show. We're talking about fear, worry, and anxiety, um, in addition to some of the tools and tips and tricks and techniques that we talked about. Um, I would like to uh, invite all of you to go to iTunes.com or to go to Motherhood Talk Radio or Toginet.com. All of those places, you can go ahead and listen to our other shows. We've had the Chain Show. We've had a lot of different shows that are topical in nature and can help our moms through their busy work days and get on to having a rich and fulfilling life. But before we do that, I want to talk about confrontation. Yes. Because that's something I'm not good at. I don't like doing it. I've actually been working with a counselor and a coach <clears throat> over the past couple years to learn how to stand up for myself effectively. And I think as parents, it's really difficult sometimes because we want to advocate for our kids. Yes. We don't know... Sometimes when is the right time to step in? Like you want to let your kids learn the skills and tools to fight their own battles. But then there are sometimes like when you have to go head-to-head with another parent, whether it's over your kid or over a situation or with a neighbor or like in my case in a church, you know, where you just... <laughs> I know! I, I 
pick one place to stand up for myself. And, you one know, of the least things. safe places, honestly. Yes, one of the least safe places is in church. Crazy. Um, crazy. Uh, but, you know, I think at some point we all need the tools to to be to confront someone who's doing bad behavior or hurting ourselves or hurting our children. Um, but that confrontation thing, that's really hard. That's really scary for me. I, I am fearful when I have to um, confront, confront somebody. Someone. I just, that's not in my nature. And I get nervous, I get shaky, I get a stomach ache, I get like my hands get go really cold, cold, I get really cold and my heart beats fast. I mean it's crazy. It's a crazy feeling and I, I hate it and I wish that I could like get over that and just say what I mean, you know. And very just, hard. And just be able to do it without going, you know, like, oh my God, working without having to talk myself into it. I have to talk myself I mean, into it. Every time. You know, and I like Think about what I'm going to say, what are they going to say. And oh, I write it out. I actually wrote it out, like this last time that I had a confrontation because I hadn't had a confrontation with another person other than my ex-husband, you know, in a long time. Yeah. And I, like, I wrote it out. I wrote it out, like, four or five times. I wanted to know exactly what I was going to say. And then I wrote it on index cards <laughs> in case I, and I had them in my pants. Hold on. You wrote out the full Hold script, huh? <laughs> I did because I wanted to be really clear. I wanted, because, like, when I get really emotional, you know, I get really, I can't think, I, I shut down, <laughs> you know, I just stand there dumbfounded, and I can get started, you know, Christy, I'm really upset with you because of this, and then I'm like, ooh, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, uh, yes, that happens to me too, but there's, there's not always time, sometimes something happens unexpectedly, and there's no time to write things down, so you get stuck with that whole, like, surprise thing of, like, what's going to come out of my mouth, you know, when you're put on the spot. See, nothing comes out of my mouth. I go completely mute. Like, I just stand there like a stump. And I don't like that stump, dumb, stump feeling. No, I don't either. And it happens. <laughs> you know, it it just happens and I, you got to force yourself to say something. Yep. I did, and I just, you know, I had, that was a really hard thing for me to do, and um, is it the same for a guy, Rick, or do you, like, because guys, I think, get, like, all pumped up, they're fired, they're ready for the fight. Well, I will tell you, we had, we had a situation in the last couple of days, our neighbors, you know, we haven't been the friendliest. They haven't been on the friendliest terms Something with them. about acting, man. All these crazy, crazy people. Sorry. Our crazy neighbor, like, asked my husband to look after their house for six weeks when they're gone. And we've had, like, previous problems with them before. And my husband, you know, he can't stand them. They can't, obviously can't stand us. And, you know, he, she stops and asks him to do this. You know, he's minding his own business. We're working on our yard. And and he's like, uh, you know, he says, are you going to take your barking dog with you? And she got, like, really mad, called him some names. And What did she call him? Um, an a-hole. <gasps> and then he said something back. And she, like, flipped him off, said you know, those words, those bad F words, and drove into her driveway. Wow. And he, then he, like, called her, like, the B word. I mean, it was crazy. And I came out, and she, like, proceeded to come over and finish. And then I just, I couldn't, 
like I wasn't in it, but it just made me so mad that I had to go up there and I wanted to clear some stuff up with her too. And it was just became this whole yelling thing. Like I mean, it was crazy, and that's wow. not that's not that's what not I do. You. That is not me at all. I don't all. think I've ever heard you yell at someone except Miss Cutler. You did hear me. Okay, yell. that's true. But she was really mean to you. I and, know. And I stood right next to her. I didn't say anything, but I was there. I had yes. your back. I know. Quietly. I was. I know. I was like, <laughs> but I was like shaking. I was like, uh, like you know. But I had to say what I had to say, you know. And then her husband comes out, and I had to tell my husband to like. Be quiet, and she he told his wife to get in the house, and then he and I were going back and forth. Wow, you held your own? I did. I held my own. You know, other neighbors drove by were like, oh, no. <laughs> Street <laughs> five. Street five. I mean, who does that? It's, if I hadn't been in acting for so many years, I would think it's crazy, but I think everybody in acting has, like, some of these same stories. I don't know if it's in the well water out here. Or everyone's like, I'm the king of my castle, and this is my here land. And, and there's just a weird temperament. My dad has gotten any issues with neighbors, and my dad is the least aggressive, non-confrontational guy out there. My mom, me, Sandra, Christy, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I don't know why it happens so much out here. But, I mean, it should happen to the place, too. So. I totally wish I had had a script you know, to read from because there's so many things that I wanted to say that I didn't get to say. That I, you know, I'm hoping that crazy lady doesn't come back over because I'm sure she will. Oh, yeah. Well, that's when you need to be prepared. Like, my thing with confrontation, I'm not good at it. I know I'm not good at it. So I have my cliff notes ready. I have my phrases, you know, that I, that I want to get my key points of information I want to get across. Even if I have to fire out that, like, gun, like, right away, like, when they come <laughs> to confront me. Like, I had an issue with my neighbor um, over the horse fencing because he wanted to share fencing. And I said, sure, we could share fencing. The long and short of it is I have a pool. I need a certain height and weight fence. Um, of this white horse fencing. He has horses, so he needs certain specifications. So he built the fence to his specifications, put it wholly on his land, and then came down for me to pay half the bill so I could connect. And I said, I can't connect. I now have to double fence on the lower portion of my land to make it pool legal. And so he actually called me up at my office, and this is when I was working in Beverly Hills, and he's like, you said you would pay for it, and you said this, and he's like, if you're having financial trouble, you can make payments to me, and I was like, listen, buddy, you put this fence on your land, you didn't consult me, you made it for horses, not for pools, we can't share a fence, and you know, when he, when he lost the argument, he called me cheap and small. Nice. Yeah, and nice. I was like, I happen to be a big girl. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. But he had already hung up on me, so I couldn't, uh, I couldn't say anything. But what I did was I made my little notes on my index cards, and I kept them by my phone, you know, just waiting for that moment. And it did take, like, you know, they were dog-eared. It took, like, a year when the wife finally came over. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, look, these are the reasons that we couldn't share a fence. And I actually mailed him a letter with all the reasons, and I said, and I did put in there, I said, I thought it was was very unfair of you to call me names and to call me chip, cheap and small and to imply or to yeah, imply whatever that I don't have enough money to pay you. You know, that was very insulting and very unkind. I never heard from him again, and I never talked to the woman after that one point. But having those key points ready, like you should go home today and write those points down while they're fresh in your head. Oh, I will. So that if she does call or you do run into her, put them in your car, put them in your pocket, something so you're prepared. Because I can't argue without being prepared. 
well. I'm like, oh, I gotta get my cars. I gotta stop my husband from talking to them because he's explosive. Like he will say, you know, whatever, and he's not afraid. He's not afraid to confront anyone. I mean, he'll just if something's wrong, he'll say, da 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 da, you know, this, this, and that. Where I'm like, oh, you know, let's not bother them, or let's just, you know, let this right, go. Right, let's just let it go. Just, I'm going to let it go. You know, you know, like I wouldn't have said, like, oh, why aren't you taking your barking dog with you? You know, it, you know, I wanted to go over there the other morning at 2 o'clock in the morning, but I was too scared <laughs> because it was dark. <laughs> and they have a creepy person renting from them also. Ew. Yeah, it's, there's a huge story. So, But, you know, like... Those sort of things, like, yeah, I will take your advice and, and write those things Be down prepared. because I know I have a feeling she'll come and try and talk to me. Oh, I think so. Rick, what would you do? Like, you're a guy. You have a different perspective. We have two minutes to the end of the show. Make it count. Make it count. <laughs> no pressure. Um, no, but for me, like, my initial reaction is to just, like, bop the person. Like, and I don't – I'm pretty good at controlling myself, but that's my initial response. Like, I don't even really want to talk. I don't want to have to debate this with you. I'm just going to bop you in the head and knock you out. <laughs> but I, I almost, I almost did that to our neighbor who he first confronted me, and he was, you know, flipping, you know what, mad at us, calling us all these things, swearing, and it's in front of my little sister. And I was like, go ahead, man, swing. I'm not going to throw the first punch because he was older too, and it's like I don't really want to go to jail. But yeah, I'd rather just bash him. But then that's the guy later on. He's like, oh, I can't beat up the son, but I can go attack the guy's dad. <laughs> which still ended badly for him. And my dad is super analytical, and he probably hates that I share this, but super smart, analytical. But, you know, he took the guy out. <laughs> the, guy punched him, the guy punched him in the face, and he responded back, and my dad's like, well, that was the wrong thing to do. I should have just taken it and sucked it up. I'm like, we're like, hell no, good job, Dad. Beat the crap out of him. He hit you. I mean, that's, that's when negotiations are over. Well, he probably was never going to back down if you were out there watching. Were you out there watching? I wasn't home. Oh. None of the boys were home, which oh. this guy's a real coward. Oh. He knows any of us will trounce him, you know. So yeah. but I was, that's why we're so proud of our dad. It's like, yeah, try to bite the older guy, huh? Look how that worked for you. And the sheriffs are like, you know, the sheriffs came and they took reports. They're like, yeah, don't press charges either way. It's mutual combatants because you beat him worse. <laughs> that's scary. See, that's scary to me to think about that. Right. See, I'm more scared about going, wow, there's like five Swanson boys. <laughs> They're all big. The Swanson dad can fight. I would rather be behind the Swansons. And then he, the he, Swanson. he asked one of us, one of the other brothers, like, you guys want to have a range war? And I'm like thinking, you're a retard. There's like five boys, there's one, one of you. Yeah, one old man. This isn't the Wild West either, but if it were. <laughs> if it okay, were. but this is Motherhood Talk Radio. We will be back next week with our Motherhood Fight Night. <laughs> Thank you for being a part of Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Grontoginet.com. Join us every Tuesday as we